0: If you don't already have the app on your smartphone or tablet, download it now from vision.org.au slash app. Vision.org.au slash app. Vision.
1: Jesus said, If you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Underlying any addiction and lust is a deep thirst which only God can satisfy. Through the prophet Jeremiah, God said that Israel's problems was that they traded him for their idols, and it had left them with an unsatisfied thirst. He said, My people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewn them cisterns, broken cisterns, that can hold no water. And the tragedy is that people try to quench their inner thirst with everything but God. They believe that somehow their thirst will be satisfied by created things instead of by the Creator. Augustine said, Thou hast made us for Thyself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they find their rest in Thee. In other words, we've been created with a God-shaped room, and only God can fill it. John Piper so succinctly summed up life's meaning and purpose when he wrote, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in Him. This is Set Free with Ken Legg.
0: Welcome to Set Free with Ken Legg and I'm Phil Edwards and this week we're looking at the subject of addictive behaviour and it's probably a good thing just to recap just a little on some of the things we've discussed already this week about the problem of addiction. Ken's described it as a compulsive or obsessive relationship to a substance, person, behaviour or a thing and we looked at what makes addiction differ from a habit. Addiction is characterised by bondage, life domination and destruction and uh, when we come to the cause of addiction, Ken, you mentioned that it uh, really is a coping mechanism for those who haven't learned how to deal with the emotional pain. The drug, for example, is
1: where the addict might run to in order to find refuge. That's right, isn't it? Yes. Um, anyone who hasn't learned to be emotionally connected is a candidate for addiction of one kind or another, be it mm. drugs, alcohol, porn, being driven to achieve through work or ministry, etc. So those who minister to people with addictive behavioral problems would normally seek to remedy that lack of emotional connectedness. Uh, I believe that emotional disconnection needs to be put right in two directions, vertically and horizontally. In other words, with God and also on a human level. Okay. Um, so you remember the parable Jesus told about um, uh, the house that was swept clean. If it remains empty, then you know the devils that were cast out will come back and. Uh, You know, they bring all their mates and the last state will be worse than the Mm. original state. Now, I believe that that's really a reference to the fact that, you know, it's one thing to get free of addictive behavior or or substances. But if we don't understand that those things are basically a substitute for something which only God can supply, then we'll, you know, be in danger of running back to those things that uh, we ran to before. Is Jesus saying here when he talks about you know the house being
0: swept clean and if it's left empty that it should actually be uh, an addiction to Jesus that that is the thing that replaces the addiction that we've you know tossed out if you like we've swept out.
1: Yeah and that's a sweet addiction. I mean uh, we were created for uh, a relationship with him and if we don't have that if that's void in our lives then there's going to be a vacuum that uh, we're going to be terribly aware of. Mm. We're
0: getting to the nitty gritty the roots of addiction here and I guess if people turn to their drug like Israel turned to their idols. You read a lot about that in the Bible. You know, as a coping mechanism for their emotional pain, and they're never really going to be satisfied, so they're going to keep coming back for another fix, and then the addictive nature of their drug kicks back in, and so on. And that's really the kind of thing that Jesus was talking about when he said, "You know, the house if it's swept
1: clean and not something replacing that, it's just going to come back." Yeah, I think the first step to recovery, Phil, is for the addict to take responsibility mm. uh, for their addiction and see it for what it is. It's not a disease. It's not a demon. Uh, it's not a, the result of some hereditary roots and you know all the other things that we kind of look to. It's basic, basically simply the way that we've chosen to deal with our negative emotions. In Romans chapter 1, we learn a very important thing concerning idolatry, and it's this. Whenever God's people turn away from him to a substitute, or an idol, then God gives them over to whatever they've chosen in the place of him. Uh, the result of that is that they become sick of it. And of course they would, because any created thing is totally inadequate to replace God who gives and sustains the life of every living being. Mm, but why do people do that,
0: though? Have they got a chance to keep falling back on their drug and they end up in addiction, or come to a loving, caring God who created them in the first place, and knows exactly how they function and how to meet
1: their greatest need, yet they choose their drug. Why? Well, I believe that the reason uh, so many reject God for an inadequate substitute is because they don't really know Him. Mm-hmm. Now, what I mean by that, Phil, is that God has been so terribly misrepresented that people end up running from Him rather than to Him. Mm-hmm. You know, sad to say, every week from some pulpits across the world, images of God are being carved out in the minds of millions of people, but Often those images are actually gross misrepresentations of what God is like. Um, He's portrayed as legalistic, judgmental, vindictive, and so on and so on. And uh, people go home from meetings believing in a God who is a figment of somebody else's imagination. Mm. Uh, Just because, for example, they've heard an angry preacher, they have come to believe in an angry God. And naturally, they they want to run and hide from this God. Mm. Um, That's why God forbade his people from Making images, you know, in the Old Testament, um, because those images were supposed to represent him. But whatever image a person attempts to create, they're going to get it wrong. You know, nobody can carve out an image and say, this is exactly what God is like. Oh, a classic example there is, you know, if
0: I say, what does Jesus look like? Instantly, millions of people would say, oh, you know, he's this uh, humble looking uh, bearded guy with a glow around his. Uh, yeah. His head, wearing a, a long flowing gown, and his arms outstretched. You know, yeah. Is that really what he looked like? Yeah, and, and know, often I, I doubt the, it.
1: Those pictures are, you know, blonde hair and blue eyes. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's exactly yeah. right. Um, and of course, they would know because they've, you know, they've seen. You know. <laughs> anyway, um, getting back to that, I mean, that's a, that's a good point to pick up on, Phil, because um, Jesus is the true image of God, mm. and uh, you know, we don't know what he looks like physically or what he looked like physically when he was on Earth but we do know what he's like in character and nature. So the reason God said don't make any image or any representation of God is because you're going to get it wrong. Eventually, I will send to you the true image of the living God, and that's why Jesus is called the image of the invisible God. He's the brightness and the exact representation, the book of Hebrews tells us, of what God is like. So if you want to know what God is like, then then read the Gospels. Mm. You know, if we want to know how to live the Christian life, sure, read the Epistles. But if you want to know the truth about God uh, and maybe even get your mind straightened out about what God is truly like, read the Gospels because there, as you're looking at the beautiful life of Jesus, we're reminded this is what God is like. This is God manifest in the flesh. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, great books to read. You talked about the Old
0: Testament before as far as an example of addiction goes, the idols that the, they had created, the nation yeah. of Israel. What about in the New Testament, though, in the Gospels themselves or the epistles?
1: Yeah, so I think there are examples there as well. I mean, take, for example, um, the woman at the well, okay? Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, we often refer to her as an immoral woman because she had many men in her life. You know, she'd would been married, was it, five times and yep. so on. Um, and, and no doubt she was immoral, you know, but... But that wasn't actually her problem. That's not the problem that Jesus addressed. In fact, he spoke of her as being thirsty rather than immoral. Mm. And her thirst, her addiction led to her sin for behavior and lifestyle. But she was a very thirsty woman. She was trying to find in relationship that which only God can offer. And I think that's the reason why a lot of people get into addictive problems is that they're trying to find in those things, those behavioral patterns or those substances, something which really only God can give. And, uh, you know, he said to her, look, if you drink this water, you'll keep coming back. You'll you'll always be thirsty. But if you drink the water that I give, you will never thirst again. And, of course, he was speaking about that spiritual water, which he can give to all of us that are thirsty. And really, that's the ultimate answer, isn't it, for any of the struggles
0: that we might have, the addictions that we might have, the temptations that we have, is to drink of that water
1: of Christ. Yes, I mean, uh, you know, there are many pleasures in life. But sometimes we look in those pleasures for things which only God can supply and we get disappointed and we want more and more and we end up, you know, going into overdose on those things. Uh, But Jesus said, if you come to me, I will give you living water and you will never thirst again.
0: We hope this discussion on addictive behaviour has been helpful for you today and we'll have more tomorrow. Until then, remember, you don't have to carry that baggage. God wants you to be set free.
1: For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Legg, including the book This Is The Life, which features topics from today's message, visit the Vision Christian store at vision.org.au. That's vision.org.au.